0: Your Lord, praise your Lord, praise your Lord, praise your Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We worship you, we exalt you, Jesus. We worship you, we exalt you, Jesus. We worship you, we exalt you, Jesus. There's no one like you, my Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And while you're standing in this atmosphere of the Lord's presence, why don't you grab your Bibles? I'm going to go to the Gospel of Luke this morning. I feel that I want to just get straight into what the Lord has laid on my heart for today. I don't want to preach for too long today, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the word of the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the word of the Lord today. I want you to listen as I preach with an attitude of I need to respond to what God is saying to me today. That's what I'm feeling in my heart. The gospel of Luke chapter 8. Praise you, Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here and I'm grateful for that. Amen. This is why we come. We want to be in His presence with His people. Amen gospel of Luke chapter 8. We're going to start reading the story here in verse 22. Say amen when you're there. Luke chapter 8, verse 22, reading in the New King James, it says, Now it happened on a certain day that he, he being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water. And were in jeopardy, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, "Master, Master, we are perishing." And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, "Where is your faith?" And they were afraid and marvelled, saying to one another, "Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him." With the help of the Lord this morning, I want to preach to you for just a few minutes on this thought. Who can this be? Who can this be? Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Jesus, we feel your presence in this place, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done so far, Lord. We come now. To be able to hear your word, Lord Jesus, help us, God, to listen with open hearts, Lord, and open ears, Lord, to receive what the Spirit would say to the church today, Lord God. Lord, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sister Jamelia, I have a title slide there, if you want to go chuck that up for me. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Janie. One of humanity's questions, God bless you, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. One of humanity's biggest questions has always been Who am I? Who am I? Within each of us, within humanity, we have a desire to understand who we are as a person. As living beings, we search for ways in which we could understand our existence. We search for ways to understand our existence, why we are the way that we are, why we value the things that we value, where do our values come from as a person, who we are as a person, why we do the things that we do. One of humanity's biggest questions has always been, who am I? Yeah, that's right. Thank you. (laughs) Who am I? Our identity. It gives us comfort as we begin to get comfortable in knowing who we are and who we are as a person. It gives us confidence. It grounds us. It enables us to go day by day knowing who we are. The answer to the question, Who am I? But there's a catch. And here it is. Psychologists, people, psychologists are people who study the mind. Psychologists say that our sense of identity doesn't really come from within ourselves. They tell us that our identity, our sense of identity, who we are as people, that actually comes from the culture around us. It comes from our family upbringing. It comes from from the way that our parents do things. We do things because that's the way our parents do things, and that's the way our grandparents do things. And, And they say that that's where our identity comes from. It comes from without. So in other words, you don't identify, Brother Stan, as a Torres Strait Islander because you feel within yourself you are a Torres Strait Islander. No, you identify as a Torres Strait Islander because that's what your culture tells you you are. When you were born, your parents said you are a Torres Strait Islander. You are from Boigu. That's who you identify as. Sister Janie doesn't identify as a Portuguese because she has a deep desire to explore the ocean and eat Portuguese chicken. Her parents told her that they were born in Portugal. And so she says, I'm a Portuguese, and that's why she likes olives, and that's why she likes this dish called bacalhau. which if you can skip it, take my advice, skip it. But it doesn't come from within. It doesn't come from within. It comes from her upbringing, from her cultures, from her values. You know, you might be a nice person, But it's not because you've woken up one morning and decided, I think I am a nice person today. No, you're a nice person because hopefully you were brought up to be respectful, to be nice, to have manners, to be polite to people. And none of that is wrong. There's nothing wrong with identifying as a Taurus or Islander because that's what your culture said you are. There's nothing wrong with identifying as from Congo because that's what your culture said you are. There's nothing wrong with that. But here is the problem. And here's where it all goes wrong. The problem is that in this day and age that we live in, people have decided, I need to find my authentic self. I can't rely on what culture says about me. I can't rely on what my family upbringing tells me. I've got to look within myself and decide who I am as a person. And people begin to look within to answer the question, who am I? They've decided, I can't trust what my culture tells me. I can't trust what my background tells me. I can't trust what my parents tell me. I'm not going to get my identity from my culture. I'm not going to get my identity from my parents. They say, I'm not going to get my identity from what society says about me. But I'm going to look within myself. Hello? for my identity, for who I am. And as people search within themselves to try and answer the question, who am I? We get ourselves into all sorts of a muddle as we try and identify with that crowd over there who are involved in all the wrong sort of behaviors. And we try to conform to what our heart says that we should conform to and and what we feel like we should conform to and and what brings us the greatest joy and the greatest happiness within ourselves. We check in with ourselves and go, am I happy with who I am no well I will change am I happy with how I am no well I will change and so as people we we see all around the world people smoke that and drink that and watch that show and speak like that all the while taking direction from within themselves and people end up with all sorts of wacky hairdos and piercings and all kinds of weird places because that is what my authentic self tells me I am that is what my identity is I checked in with myself and this is who I am. You following me so far? The greatest question that mankind seeks to answer is who am I? And people make questionable and immoral lifestyle choices because that's just who they are. The issue is, however, that the Bible tells us that we cannot trust what is within ourselves. We cannot just trust our heart to tell us who we are. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Brothers and sisters, listen to me well now. Our heart will deceive us every time and it will lead us down paths where we can't possibly afford to travel. The heart will tell us that this culture is okay. This world is okay okay. It's just a little bit of sin that's just who you are. You're just being your authentic self. But the truth of the matter is, is that the ways of this world are not okay. The worldly culture that we are steeped in day in and day out is not okay. Sin is not okay. Immoral lifestyle choices are not okay just because we say they are or just because the world says they are under the guise of, well, you're just being true to your authentic self. Paul explains what the world is going to be like in the last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, but know this, Timothy, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, boasters, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But brothers and sisters, hear me now, when we look within our hearts to answer the question Who am I? That is the only place where we will end up because that is where our heart will lead us. Our heart will lead us to be unthankful. Our heart will lead us to be unholy. Our heart will lead us to love pleasure rather than to love God. It will lead us away from God every single time we trust ourselves to answer the question, Who am I? Paul explains it like this. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, Paul writes, he says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. He's saying that within me, when I listen to my heart, when I follow my desires, when I chase what I feel like is the right thing to do, I can't do what is good. Why? Because he knows that within himself, nothing good dwells. So the problem then is that we cannot answer the question, who am I, by looking within ourselves for the answer. Because we can't possibly trust our heart to give us the right answer. And we cannot answer the question, who am I, by looking at the world and looking at their values and looking at their culture and deciding that that's going to be okay with us. We can't answer the question, who am I, that way. But can I submit to you this morning, brothers and sisters, that perhaps the truth of the matter is, is that we are not asking the right question when we ask, who am I? Perhaps we don't need to worry about answering the who am I question, and perhaps as believers, as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to start asking the question of ourselves, who is Jesus? Who can this be? In our text, the disciples were on a boat in a storm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says the boat was beginning to fill with water and Luke says their lives were in jeopardy. And they wake Jesus up. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. Don't you care if we perish? And Jesus wakes up and the Bible says he rebukes the wind and the waves and the disciples turn to each other in that sudden calm. And they say, who can this be? Who can this be? And I find it interesting. These are the things that interest me in the Bible. Why the disciples haven't figured out the answer to that question yet. You read about it. You read earlier on in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus has already cast demons out of people. People who are blind have already had their sight restored. Lame people are already walking around. People who are lepers have already been cleansed. As a matter of fact, just in the chapter previous, the centurion came to Jesus and said, if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, I will, he's healed. And he's healed at the same hour. And still they don't know. Who can this be? Jesus stops a funeral procession in the middle of going to bury someone and raises him from the dead. And the disciples still asked the question, who can this be? Who is this that could calm the waves and the wind? They had already seen Jesus do so very much and despite all of this, the disciples had still not answered the question, who could this be? And Luke includes the question in his narrative because he fully intends the readers of his gospel to ask the question of themselves, who is this Jesus? I wonder, I just wonder, if perhaps could it be that we've spent so much time chasing down the answer to the question, who am I, when we would really ought to be spending our time asking the question, who is Jesus? We come to church. We sing all the songs. We listen to the Word. But perhaps the reason that our lives have not been changed to the degree that we want it to be changed is because we have not answered the question, who is Jesus for our lives? We understand the historical Jesus. We understand the Jesus that pastor serves. We understand the Jesus that is in church on Sunday and we feel his presence. But who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? And here, it interests me that to a believing Jew like the disciples were, only Yahweh The one God of the Old Testament, the one God of Israel had the power to control the wind and the waves. It was Yahweh who with the wind rolled back the Red Sea and allowed the Hebrews safe passage to the other side as they escaped from Jesus. And yet here is this man, Jesus, and he is controlling the wind and the waves just like the God of the Old Testament. And Jesus is confronting the disciples with this question and forcing them to answer it. Who can this be? We feel the presence of the Lord. We sing. We worship Him. We respond and come to the altar. Perhaps we even have tears flow down our faces. We feel the call of God in our life. But even then, have we really answered the question, Who can this be? Who is calling you into covenant relationship? Who is calling you to be holy? Who is calling you to be righteous? Who is calling you to be set apart, brothers and sisters? Who can this be? And so my question of you today, the crux of my message for you today, is who is Jesus Christ to you? Because if he is nothing more than a nice bedtime story or something nice to have in your life when something's going wrong, if if you only have him in your life because you want to tick a religious box or you only have him because mom and dad made you come to church this morning, then your heart is going to continue to struggle and you will continue to find it hard to live for God. You will have good days and you'll have bad days. But if you can ask Who can this be for yourself? And if you can answer that question, say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. He is my King. He is my Master. He is my Redeemer and my very present help in my hour of need. Brothers and sisters, when you get to that, you might not fully understand who you are. You might still not know your place in this world and where you fit in. You might not understand every voice that speaks to you. But if you can understand in your heart who Jesus Jesus really is to you can I submit to you it doesn't matter what the world says about you it doesn't matter what culture and family says about you but if you know who Jesus is that's what matters that's what matters first John chapter 3 verse 20 the Bible says if our heart condemns us God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If, if you can answer the question, who can this be? Then who I am gets wrapped up in everything he is. And we don't get our sense of identification from our heart. Why? Because God is greater than our heart. We get it from God. We don't get our sense of identity from this world. We don't get our sense of identity from this culture. But we are who we are because He is who He says He is. Amen. That is why we are a chosen generation. That is why we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. Why That we may proclaim the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous lights. And so who I am no longer becomes relevant as I understand, brothers and sisters, that my purpose and your purpose is found in Jesus Christ. The reason I live is found in Jesus Christ. My hope is found in Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus that my identity is based. It is in Jesus I answer the question, who can this be? Because that's the only question to me that is worth answering. I don't get my identity from this world. This world can say whatever they want to say about me. What I want to know is who is Jesus to me? Who can this be? Who can this be? And my friends, when you can answer that question, you will want to live holy. Not because you have to, but because of who Jesus is to you. You will want to live righteous. Not because you have to, not because the pastor says you need to, not because some religious rule book says you have to, no, but if you answer the question, who can this be, you will want to be righteous, you will want to be set apart, you will want to be holy, you will want to be clean, you will want to be pure, when you can answer the question, who am I? You're going to want to be in church. You're going to want to live for Jesus. You're going to find it easy to stand for Him in the hard times. Why? Because you've answered the question, who can this be? As we all stand this morning, as I get ready to close, I want to ask you a question. you ever wondered why Jesus decided to cross the lake that day? Why that day? Why was it that day Jesus said, okay, boys, let's jump in the boat and go to the other side? Sure. I know there was a man on the other side that Jesus wanted to deliver, but wouldn't Jesus have known that there was a storm that was going to arise? Don't you think he would have understood that? He's looking at his watch like, okay, that storm's blowing up in about two hours, so if we head out now, we'll be right in the middle of the lake, and then the storm will hit. I'm planning on having a snooze. You ever wondered why Jesus? And Maybe if it was a little storm, Jesus would be like, you know what? These guys are experienced fishermen. They've been on this river, this lake all their life. They can handle a little storm. But this storm was so big, experienced, growing men who had grown up on the boats, grown up in that water, were petrified that they were going to lose their lives. This was some storm. And Jesus still decided he wanted to get them out there. I don't think Jesus took them out in that storm because he wanted to scare the disciples. I don't even think Jesus took them out in that storm because he wanted to show off his stuff. Check this out, boys. Look what I can do. No, I don't think so. I believe that Jesus took them out in that storm because he knew their hearts. And he had seen that everything that he had done, they still didn't know who he was. He said, I'm going to take them out into this storm. I'm going to scare them to within an inch of their life. And then they're going to start asking the question that I want them to ask. Who can this be? Can I tell someone today the storm you are not facing is not there to punish you? It's not there to torment you. It's not there because you're a bad person. And can I tell you it's not even there because Jesus wants to deliver you. Hello? It's there because Jesus wants you to ask the question, who can this be? Who is Jesus to me? Because it's when you're in the storm, these questions start to come to your mind. Why do I believe what I believe when it's so hard to stand for Jesus? Why do I stand for what I stand for when everybody's against me? Why do I keep going to church and my family won't follow me? Why do I keep laying my life down on the line week after week after week for Jesus when nobody stands with me? And now I'm in a storm Jesus is saying, no, 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 I just want you to ask the right question. Who can this be? Don't fall into the trap of this world, brothers and sisters. Don't try to answer the who am I question by looking at this world, trying to look and sound like them, looking all gangster and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. No, you don't need to be like that. Answer the question instead, who can this be? Who is Jesus Christ? to me the Bible says Romans chapter 12 verse 2 do not be conformed to this world but be transformed ask the right questions be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God brothers and sisters the will of God will come when you know who can this be that's when the will of God will be revealed when you got that better down you know who Jesus is to you And he's not going to change that's when you'll find his will brothers and sisters forget the who am i question focus on the who is jesus question who is jesus christ to you brothers and sisters you and i we need a relationship with jesus for ourselves we cannot rely on our husband or our wives we cannot rely on our children we cannot rely on our grandparents we cannot rely on the pastor. We cannot rely on our music team. We can't rely on our youth leader. But you need to know for yourself, who can this be? You've got to answer it for yourself. And that question, I can't answer it for you. But you can answer it when you come down to the altar and begin to talk to the Lord. So Sister Janie, please, I want to open these altars right now. Let's respond to the word of the Lord this morning. God, who are you to me? Lord, I want to check in. God, I don't want to be the same.